The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Let's get more of the audio of that from today's meeting at the Public Accounts Committee. Uh, let's hear a little bit of uh, Labour TD Alan Kelly about Noel Kelly's claim he was acting under RT's instructions and how payments to Ryan Tuberty were directed. I have all these emails coming into me from these whoever Nigerian cousins saying I won the lotto and they're instructing me to do the following X, Y and Z. I don't do it. I think your companies have serious accountancy issues here. This is not how companies behave for something that's then referred as consultancy fees and then switches from Noel Kelly to CMS for the second and third year. None of this is credible. Michael Clifford, Special Correspondent of the Irish Examiner. How important is that point? I think it's pretty important, Matt, on, on, on one level. I mean, the whole thrust of what was said today in terms of what previously by the chair Shuan Nirala was described as, as an act of deceit. The whole trust today from Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly was that uh, if there was any deceit, it was nothing to do with them, that they merely followed instructions from RTE. In, in fact, Matt, a phrase that was used more than once was they trusted the process. Now, I'm sure you recognise that as one that is very much in vogue with GA managers these days in terms of trusting the process. Well, whether or not that has anything to do with PR advice they received, but that phrase was used a few times, and basically it was put in the context that Noel Kelly also mentioned a few times that he was part of a very small company, and RTE was this huge conglomerate, etc., and that basically they were asked to make payments and raise invoices in this manner, and they just went along with it as instructed, as they say. Let's hear another bit, and this is, Brian Stanley was a guest with us earlier in the programme, but this is from earlier today when he was chairing the PSC meeting and he had these comments to make about Noel Kelly and the suggestion that Noel Kelly was the real Director General of RTE. Look, at some of the documents come across to me that you have significant influence and significant power in terms of negotiating at RTE. And some people, you know, been more than once over the years been said to me, the real Director General at RTE is Noel is Noel Kelly, is you. It's any basis, in fact. I know, it's I'm just... <laughs> that's, what, that's what's being said. Not by, somebody, you know, not by somebody on the street corner. This is by people who are working in RTE. Okay, so it's, it's, it's you know it's so it's so ridiculous. We do deals right. and we and, and we do contracts okay. for, for for our people. You know, I might be in RTE and can move six through. times six times in a year. You know, Larkin Nine from the Communications Clinic. He also said he represents just three of the top ten broadcast earners. An important distinction because it turns out that there are quite a few of management who would be in the top ten earners in RTE. But what did you make of Noel Kelly's? denial of extensive influence? Look, I think there are a lot of denials today. They were very clearly delivered and it's up to the audiences who heard them to decide um, how, how credible um, that they are. So that was the line that was kept going back to t- today. We're only a small company. We do what RTE tells, tells us. They have 100 years in business, so why wouldn't you trust RTE? When RTE asks us to put consultancy on the invoice, we've no reason not to trust them. While I would thought that request is probably a reason not, not, not to trust it in the first place, and that you examine the request. And that's what all, you need to look at the answers, not just on their face of what was said, but when you really think about them, go past them. How credible is it? Lots of what was said today was very credible, but it's the, the, the money from Renault and the, the two years and that arrangement that I think when it gets examined further, when it gets looked 
looked into when it gets broken down is the one that's not going to stand yeah. up. Let's try and clarify it from what we know. So Ryan Tuberty was been asked to take a pay cut. A deal was been done for five years for presentation of radio and television, including the Late Late Show. The a compensation effectively was made available to him of seventy five thousand a year over three years. A, a side deal. A side deal that he would go and do events for Renault, the sponsors of the Late Late Show. But RT became the broker of that particular deal and he and his agent had no relationship with Renault in relation to it at all. That persisted for one year and then for two years after that, despite Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty saying they didn't know that the deal with Renault had broken down, the money was paid, and it was paid by RT through an offshore account. That's the fact, isn't it? That's the fact, and their suggestion is that uh, Ryan Tuberty is right when he said that he took the 20% pay cut because this is a totally different independent deal with an independent contractor, and he has a right to make a deal with an, in, with an independent but, but entity. But is it, if he's required to go and do dummy late late shows in car garages, and that those events are managed by RTE? And look, the the other, I suppose, facts that were, were put out today was that, yeah, the negotiation happened with RTE. The idea for the Renault deal in the first place was brokered by RTE and brought to them. It wasn't suggested by them. They've never dealt with Renault. And when they started getting paid by the separate account, they just assumed that it was still Renault being paid and they didn't ask any questions about the invoice having to come from a different company or the invoice being labelled something else and those requests. It was just RTE asked us to do it, so we did it. We assumed it was a Renault. But at the same time, it's still an independent deal. So I think... And, sorry, and they never asked questions in relation to... Because Renault weren't able to do the events because of COVID. And then when they're asked to send the invoices to a different location offshore, they never seem to ask, is Renault still paying this extra money or is it RT actually living up to the underwriting agreement? And they said that they never asked, never had any reason to ask that. It was just, it was a different company name. They assumed it was still Renault paying it and they've been deceived as well. I think one of the core things for today is the objective of today from Ryan Turbury's perspective was clearly get back on RT, clear his name and get back on RT, get back on the airwaves, which means really he had a very, very small audience for today. The audience for the communication was quite limited. It was RT employees and it was RT leaders. So if you think about it, if he wanted to get back on the RT employees who are, you know, annoyed about the whole situation need to forgive it and the executive need to want to bring it back on the air. So it's actually, it's do they who understand how deals are made, who understand the sector, do they find the exclamation credible is actually the key answer. The public may or may not, it's do they and perhaps they do, perhaps they don't. Let's hear a little bit about Ryan Tuberty saying he wants to get back on air as soon as possible. I don't have any doubt. I, I want to go back to work on the radio uh, as soon as possible. Um, I think that uh, I don't say that with with any arrogance. I just say that I've expressed des- desires. What I do, it's it's what I know, and and I want to get back to my team and 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 to the listeners and and, and do my job you know, because it's all the I've only got. issue in relation to, to trust. No, I, I I understand that, deputy, and I, and I will say that. I, I understand the, the, the amount of money we're talking about is is is, is eye watering. I, I, I like I'm, I'm not a fool. I understand that. But I haven't changed as a person over the over those years, despite the extraordinary bank question. Michael Clifford, special correspondent with the Irish Examiner. We heard from Ryan Tuberty that he felt unable to leave the house, something of a prisoner in his own home since this happened. But he also said that he has received stacks of correspondence from people all over the country wishing him well, wishing him advice, 
taking his side. He thanked on post for managing to deliver to him these letters, some of which were only postmarked Ryan Tuberty, Dublin. Has he done enough, do you think? Is he putting RT in a position where they will have to reinstate him on the basis that legally he has done nothing wrong? It's a tough one, Matt, because like as long as there, I mean, the, what you're talking about is it's up to really the, the, both the colleagues and management in RTE and it was necessary from the strategy that was used by himself and Noel Kelly to uh, this RTE, if you want to put it that way, in a lot of ways in relation to this. I mean, he started out with his seven untruths, all of which, you know, could be attributed to people in RTE who issued these untruths. And I have to say, a couple of them actually sounded like straw men to me uh, in that I I don't think they're they're untruths in the first place. But he certainly, he has a dilemma to that extent in that he without explicitly saying it, and Mr. Kelly would appear to blame executives in particular in RTE for the situation they found themselves in. And at the same time, he's obviously appealing to RTE to get him back on air. Now, one thing you can say is there's no management. Kevin Backers has gone in there effectively with clean hands. In yes, he'll be, he'll be here in the studio in about 20 minutes to answer a few yeah. questions about well, it all. So that, 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 that is an issue. Where he does have it, where, where I think he didn't sufficiently answer any question or, or answer correctly, if you want to put it that way, as might be expected, was that issue over when he received the money uh, for, for his contract for the year or whatever, that it did not align with the publicly declared earnings for RTE that was attributed to him, why he didn't appear to question it. And that was something he did not answer. He made one comment at one stage. He said, I understand the room for perception issues. Well, when somebody says something like that, it's kind of using words to uh, basically say nothing. Okay. You know, so um, it, 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 I think he's a problem there. But on the overall context, he probably didn't do his case any harm, but whether he got over the line, we just have to wait and see. There's one other issue I want to bring up with both of you. I'll start with you, Larkin. Dan in Dublin asks a lengthy question, but it's actually echoed by quite a lot of the comments we've had coming in. Is there a need for us to have a conversation about the quality and standard of questions asked by several members of both committees? I've never watched Eructus committees before, but there were several issues that stood out. Belligerent or stupid questions, rambling statements before asking a question, then cutting off Tuberty or Kelly, repeatedly asking the same questions that had already been answered, politicians just trying to get their own 10 minutes on camera. Lorcan. Yeah, Absolutely, and I think that that's something that I think it's it's been revealed to a lot of people that this could be done much much better because it's the repetition of questions that don't bring it on. It's that you didn't answer the question, you answer it again. They just ask the same question again, which just elicits the exact same answer. So you know, I think uh, if you look at the performance today, you know, they got out of there probably nil all draw. Maybe they got some points, but the opposition was quite poor. And there does there is that issue where people want their specific moments of questioning, and they don't follow on from each other. They might not coordinate because they want their specific moment and they want their clips from it which is an issue and there should be more coordination because this stuff is important and you should follow on and they left a lot behind them consistently here Yeah, another listener, Michael Clifford, wants to discuss the incompetence of some elected representatives. This one says it's quite clear that most of them have zero real world experience are just career politicians That might be a bit unfair, I I think possibly the way I describe it, Matt, is uneven there were definitely some politicians there who concentrated, and I, I can think of a two of them straight off, who concentrated 
exclusively on asking questions they believed to be irrelevant, and for a greater part, they were irrelevant. Yes, there were others who was quite obvious, the rambling intros or what have you, using up what they described themselves as precious time, and they didn't ask proper questions. So I, I, I think uneven is the best way of describing it. Yes, there is also a lot of grandstanding. Now, I have to say, there wasn't much of that today, probably because of the comment there has been in relation to the, the most recent meetings where there was plenty of it. But, I mean, those, um, those criticisms have some validity, but I don't think it would be fair to tarnish all the parliamentarians with the one brush. Thank you very much for that, Michael Clifford, the Irish Examiner, Lorca 9, Head of Training at the Communications Clinic. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.